0: What's up, guys? Max here back with a brand new episode of The Scuttlebutt Show. It's been two weeks since our last episode, which was the Stu Scheller interview. I've been up in northern Japan snowboarding with my wife, so thank you guys for bearing with me while I was on that vacation. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Came back relatively unscathed, except my lips are all chapped and sunburnt or wind burnt or whatever, sun bouncing off the snow. Small price to pay for what is arguably the greatest location to hit the mountains, hit the slopes in the world for somebody of Intermediate abilities such as myself, and that's Niseko up in Hokkaido, Japan. It was so awesome. Really hard to explain how beautiful it was. Let me say what's up to everybody in the chat and everybody listening on the podcast. We've got Larry, we've got Neural, welcome, Eviana, Corporal, Iron Lotus, one gram of Sam, nice to see you. John, going to his NCO of the month board, I'll tell you a little C story about that. MC, thank you for a $1.99 super chat right off the bat. Nuggets, and anybody else who I missed, I apologize if I do, if or if I did miss you. I have so much to tell you guys about. It's gonna be a jam-packed combination of some stories and Q&A Friday. Eric, what's up? It is a Friday out here in Okinawa, Japan, And I have a lot of stuff to fill you guys in on. So let me hit you with the about yesterday, but it's really about the last two weeks. So two weeks ago today, it's been exactly two weeks. We had Stu Scheller, Mr. Stu Scheller, authenticamericans.com, votesforvets.com on the show to talk about his entire saga, which ended with me saying, I support Stu Scheller and all his future endeavors. And I wanted to add something to that too. Whether you agree or disagree with Stu Scheller or or his side of the messaging that he's doing now or the way that he handled things with the Marine Corps, whatever it is, let me tell you the single most important thing that I took away from the Stu Scheller interview, and it's this. I think that when he talks, he's telling the truth. There were some difficult conversations that we had on the podcast, and he answered those questions in a way that I believe, based on that experience, he's telling the truth. And we need to encourage people being honest, even if they say something that we disagree with. At least then we can move forward, because the problem that I see nowadays is so many conversations people want to have about important issues starts at the very beginning. The first basis of the conversation is dishonest. And from there, you can never move forward. But as long as somebody's telling the truth, as long as the words that are coming out of their mouth are true and honest and really from their heart, you can always move forward and you can always work together as long as people are telling the truth, but never if they're being dishonest and lying. Stu Scheller, I believe, is telling the truth when he talks. And if no other reason than that, I support what he's doing. We need way more of that. So let's applaud honesty. Let's applaud truth telling and Let's support it. Even if the things that you hear aren't what you want to hear Support the truth. That's what I'm always seeking. My ethos is to see what's really there, to see what's really in front of me and accept it as true. All right. That's how I live my life. Okay. And if I could leave you guys with nothing else, I would encourage you to applaud the truth. It's so important now. It's so important. And I hope that he keeps doing, following his mission. Since that episode, I have been getting hit up nonstop on LinkedIn by so many great people. There are guests coming up on the Scuttlebutt Show this month, including Rob Sweetman next week, Thursday, 1800 Pacific, and so many more. So In February and in March, we have so many guests coming up on the show, and I have to tell you guys something. I just went on this trip, and it was so fun, but even more Then the trip was just fun. I had an opportunity to learn, and I want to share that with you guys. I have to tell you about what might be my favorite book that I've ever had the opportunity to learn from and to experience, and it's this one. Buy Water... Beneath the Walls The Rise of the Navy Seals by Benjamin Milligan If you have any interest in naval history or the story of the Navy Seals you must buy this book It is the premier premium greatest account of the history of naval special warfare and really the history of all special operations that has ever been put to paper So please I implore you If it, if 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 you have Any interest in the military, if you're interested in military history, the formation of the UDTs, stories of relentlessness and courage and self-sacrifice that, frankly, at times are hard to believe, please, you can even turn this show off right now and just get a copy of this book. Buy Water, <laughs> Water Beneath the Walls by Benjamin Milligan. Gosh, I almost messed that one up. By Water Beneath the Walls by Benjamin Milligan is my, maybe my favorite book of all time. And, and he is going to be on the Scuttlebutt Show. I've talked to Ben already through LinkedIn, which you guys will not be surprised to hear. And he will be a guest on the Scuttlebutt Show coming up in March. So we're gonna have him on to talk all about this. I'm telling you guys, big things are happening. Big things are happening with the Scuttlebutt Show, and I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. As well as, you guys know, I've been working on my book. Right before um, I went on that trip, I had this epiphany working on my book. I was like, I wonder if I could reach out to the colonel in charge of the 16th Military Police Brigade who oversaw all of our operations out there. I found him on LinkedIn and I wrote him and we've been talking and I've learned some incredibly valuable information about that deployment from him and I am going to be sharing that on in the book as well. So it's just going to be, I mean, it's just gonna be so much better. I have so much to, to add to it now and I'm doing that to make sure that there is just no you know, nothing left on the field, so to speak, when that book is done, because it is going to be basically my memoir of my Navy career revolving around, uh, the detainee ops deployment. So I just can't wait to share that with you guys when it's, when it's done, it's going to be absolutely great. Um, I wanted to use part of today to answer some questions. If you guys have any questions, drop them in the chat, because of course it's Quanda Friday, but it's also been two weeks since I've shared any stories with you guys. So I did bring a couple up to, uh, to talk about so that way we can be caught up in everything. But I want to talk about to John. John Franco, who you guys know in the chat, you might not know if you uh if you listen on the podcast, you don't always see the comments. You might hear me say his name. John's been a longtime listener, supporter of the show. And he said, Good evening, Max. I'm going to the NCO of the month board next week with my unit at Fort Hood. John, good luck on your NCO of the month board. Let me tell you guys a story. I was on the USS Ronald Reagan, the aircraft carrier, the Navy, at the time, the Navy's newest ship, newest nuclear-powered aircraft carrier, CVN-76, and I was, at one point in time, Blue Jacket of the Quarter, and if I didn't transfer to go to A school, I'm sure I would have gotten Blue Jacket of the Year. I'm very confident in that. I was air warfare, surface warfare. I had all these letters of commendation for things that I had done. We had just done our in serv inspection survey where I got a spot award for correcting 450 discrepancies or something like that. I don't know. I was on fire. I could do no wrong out there on the Reagan. I mean, it was. I was crushing it, to be honest. And so the reason, the part of the reason why I was totally crushing it as an E3 is because I didn't think that what I was doing was unique. I thought everyone on board that ship was as motivated, dedicated, working as hard as I was. I mean why wouldn't they be? Why wouldn't they be? I thought I was you know average amongst my peers. I didn't know that I was standing out that I was doing particularly well until I go to my blue jacket of the quarter board and if you guys have ever been in the military you know that there are these, challenges, these competitions for the best at each rank. It goes up. We've talked about the USO sailor of the year, all that stuff. So there are all these competitions. And part of that is the oral board. Usually if you're going for any big qualification, certification award, anything like that, you go to an oral board. And what that is, is you stand in front of your supervisor's senior chiefs, people you don't even know that are higher up in the chain of command. So whatever level you're going for, there's going to be people higher up that you're standing in front of, and they're going to ask you questions. They're going to ask you questions, and you answer these questions, not only correctly, but with pride, standing up straight, chin up, chest out, looking good in your uniform, sharp creases back in the day on our utility uniform in the Navy, everything. So I'm I'm uniform prepped. I'm ready for my blue jacket of the quarter board. Everyone knows how it starts. You walk up to the door. You knock three times. You request permission to enter. You're granted permission to enter. You walk in with your proper facing movements, left face, right face, about face, parade rest, attention. You come up to uh, to the to the board there, board members who are sitting there, and then it always started like this for the Navy. Attention to the sailor's creed. And everyone would stand up at attention, and you would yell at the top of your lungs, the sailor's creed. I am United States sailor. And the rest of it, I won't go into the whole thing, but you go and do the Sailor's Creed. Of course, that's in my Blue Jackets manual right here, which I always keep right next to my desk so I can reference it when I'm counseling you guys. And then you, you you know, hopefully get permission to sit down. You sit at attention, which is upright, hands on your knees. You're looking straight forward, shoulders back, you know, the whole deal. And you get asked the question. So one of the questions was how many, this is the first, I don't know, was this the first or was this the last? They usually ask you like the chain of command. So they ask you all these questions. And I can't remember if this was the first question that I think about or the last question that I had, but they asked me how many red stripes are on the American flag? You see the flag behind me right there? How many red stripes, red stripes. So how many stripes are on the American flag? 13. So there's not 13 red stripes because obviously it alternates red-white. So I'm doing the math in my head. I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, are there six or are there seven red stripes? And I'm just thinking about it like, well, the top stripe is red, I believe. So if it starts red, it must end red. That has to be how it works, or else there would be 14. So if the top stripe is red and there's 13, the bottom stripe must be red. So there must be seven red stripes. And I worked this out. I come to this conclusion, and I say, Chief, there are seven red stripes. And he goes, Roger that. My board ends. Either that's the last question or I have the other questions. My board ends, Request permission to leave. I leave. I go out, about face, march out, close the door. I go upstairs, and there are the other competitors. And the ones who had already gone were sitting there waiting to be dismissed. And they start talking, and they go, what did you guys say for that red stripe question? And somebody goes, I don't know, 20. And I said, I'm going to win. <laughs> I said, I'm going to win. I'm going to definitely get Blue Jack. 20? 20? What are you talking about? Um, what, are you, what the hell are you, 20? It, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Have you ever done colors? Who are you? Have you ever seen the American flag? it's on our uniform. Come on. Come on. 20. And I did win. I did. I won. And so I won. And part of the, uh, I got a plaque from the library of the Ronald Reagan library in, uh, in Santa Barbara. I got all this stuff, all this cool, all this cool stuff. I got tons of uh, opportunities from that. I got to have lunch with the CEO in his dining hall where they bring you a menu and you order food and Coca Cola or whatever you want to get. They bring it to you, waiters bring it to you. And that's if you guys remember the story of me spotting the old commanding officer of the Reagan in the gym and I was like, ended up checking out his daughter or whatever. You guys remember that story from a couple weeks ago? Well, that he remembered who I was. He remembered my name because we had lunch together at that time when I got Blue Jacket of the Quarter. So it was awesome. So, John, good luck on your board for NCO of the month. Don't say that there's 20 stripes on the flag. How about that? Just don't do that. Let's see. John says, I also had an oral board back in May to earn my cavalry spurs. I'm not a tanker or a scout, but I am eligible for them I mean, being a logistician attached to, the, attached to the cavalry. Nice. Scuttlebutt, I saw a grocery store and a Starbucks and a warship carrier on YouTube. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there, are, There is. There is now a Starbucks. Justin Rice, what's up? Great to see you, Max. Does your Blue Jacket manual got a copy of the Aircrewman's Creed in it? That's a good question. I will have to check the index there. I will get back to you on that. I'm not sure. That's a good question. Uh, Nikki MGTV, why is Chief worried about stripes? His are all red. That's a great comment. That's a great. I love that. Red stripes being, uh, you know, in the military for a long time with uh, some NJP on your record, 20 red stripes. Yep. Harry Lime Pie, thank you for being a member for nine months. I hope you enjoyed that story. Thank you so much. Um, I have some GoPro videos from our trip up to Niseko that I plan on sharing with uh, members and patrons on the channel. So if you're not a member or a patron, go ahead and click that join button down below and consider becoming one. It will be who of you to do so. Have you ever done colors? Yes. The United 20 States of America. Yep. 20 stripes. is only 13 original colonies. Face palm. John says, Yep make that a t-shirt, a flag with 20 red stripes. (laughs) A wrong flag. Jaeger while military is in trouble. What's up, Jaeger to you? Welcome to the chat. I I could make a little sticker with the, uh, by the way, Navy logo coming this week. Uh, the new Navy logo. If you guys follow me on TikTok, it's coming this week. Um, let's see the United 20 red stripes of America. Will you cover any news on Ukraine? Well, interesting nuggets. I have a, uh, you know, I have to say, um, I've been hearing some stuff out of the ground, uh, on, by the way, if I keep licking my lips, I'm sorry they're just so badly burnt up and chapped, <laughs> just horrible. Um, I will uh, 5k30, Justin. 5k30 is what I went with. That's what I, I had to do. It 5k30. Um, Ukraine. Well, everything's still escalating, which is you know more than I thought, but it would ever be. Um, I've heard from some people on the ground over there after the Stu Scheller episode uh, have reached out to me to tell me some things. Of course, I cannot verify. I just have to, what I have to go on. But yeah, there's like 10,000 people deployed, F35s deployed yesterday to Germany, I believe. It's um it's certainly escalating, continuing to escalate, and that's for sure uh you know, it's gone further than I expected it would. But we'll see. I guess we'll see. I as far as I am concerned, there is a lot of confusion still on my end as to what's going on, because if you watch um, news out of Ukraine, you, Eastern Ukrainians tend to seem to be siding with, you know, they, they're Russian sympathetic. Western Ukrainians tend to be more um, independent uh, as far as the independence of Ukraine. And nobody there seems to want conflict. So I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure what the, this is going to turn into but I'm hoping it resolves peacefully. I know people sent to Europe for nine months in response to Ukraine and Russia, like personally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't got the rig to edit that yet. Oh, yes, I do have some powerful computers over here. That's for sure. Battlefield 2022. Oh, too soon, I guess. did you celebrate the death of ISIS leader? Uh, ISIS should just put all their leaders and commanders in compounds in Syria and make it easier for us. So, you know, I saw your comment earlier about the suicide of that ISIS leader when uh, the Americans surrounded his compound and he bipped himself. But, you know, to them, it's not suicide. It's martyrdom, right? So when an Islamic extremist terrorist detonates what we call a su- an S-vest or a suicide vest, what they think they're doing is martyrdom and jihad. And to them, it's the greatest honor. So to them, it's not a suicide. It's not a loss. It's a win, that's why it's hard to combat that kind of ideology. It's very difficult. Um, when death is the best possible thing that can happen to you, you are a pretty tough enemy, pretty determined enemy. At the end of the day, Putin holds the cards. Goes, what was your reaction to his death. Like, oh, I answered it. Um, Jaegerbaum says, mind if I get controversial? Jaegerbaum, this chat is fair game for pretty much anything as long as what you're saying is not hurtful to somebody else in the chat or hateful. Um, we, do have, we do have mods in the chat to monitor that kind of thing, but... Yeah, you can type anything you want in there. Any free thinking person is welcome to put whatever whatever's on their mind in the chat as far as I'm concerned. I might not read it if it's not appropriate for YouTube here or podcast listeners, but you can put anything you want in there. Now, I do have some uh, news stories today if you guys are interested. If you guys are interested, I do have some. Um, I will get to those in a moment if there are no more questions, but if there are questions, then please Throw them in the chat, Ben. Like I said, Ben Milligan um, on the show. Sam says, I'm sure there are plenty of battles that have shaped Navy SEALs. That's awesome that he's coming on. Yes, absolutely. A book on SEALs and the history by the SEALs. Yes, Ben Milligan. By the way, if I did not say it, was a Navy SEAL. He served in, I believe, Iraq and Afghanistan, and in the post uh, post 9/11 wars. I think he joined before 9/11, and he did his career. So please uh, go give him a follow on LinkedIn, Ben Milligan. Go buy his book, you guys. I am not joking. You will be so glad that you did. Right from the beginning, the stories, the depth of research that he went into to tell this story, it is, it's unbelievable. It's its a work of art. It's a, it needs to be a piece of cherished history, this story. no, I've never heard the history of, the UDT, Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, Marine Special Operations, all this stuff, I've never heard it expressed so thoughtfully, smartly, and well-researched, and personally, and emotionally, and everything as what he's done in this book. MC, I already ordered, will be your Sunday. Oh, you're not going to regret it. You are not going to regret it. Jaegerbaum says, Brandon wants a war to detract from his constant failures and to keep power. Seeing how badly he screwed up Afghanistan, I wouldn't trust him to lead a cakewalk. I agree. I agree. It's uh, Well, I agree with the wouldn't trust him. Um, it's difficult to imagine a government that wants a war. Although, you know, it's difficult to imagine anybody that wants a war. Although there's so many it uh, um, examples in history. There's so many examples in history that it obviously seems possible, but the cost of war is so high. The personal cost of war is so high that it's really difficult to imagine somebody would ever want a war. It's, it's something no one should want. Um, but yeah, Afghanistan was a total disaster, and, and, I, and I really do not like uh, the president of the United States. I do not support him. I do not support his policies. I've never felt this strongly against a president of the United States ever in my life. Um, two weeks after Afghanistan ends, when he says it's time to move past Afghanistan, just never face the the disaster that the withdrawal was, is a disgrace. It's a complete disgrace, and everyone should be holding him to account. I think Democrats and people who support the Democrats should be absolutely demanding some answers and some accountability and some honesty over that whole situation. And some, at least, evidence that lessons were learned at a minimum, at, at the very minimum— People within the Democratic sphere, the Democrat Party sphere, supporters of the Democrats should at least be absolutely furious that we have not been presented with what's been learned, what won't happen again, and the expression of understanding of the loss that happened there. Instead, of instead we got, it's time to move on. You know, what? What? Um... It's crazy. Scuttlebutt, have you heard of the USS Midway and the USS New Jersey? Very interesting, amazing stories. Yeah, absolutely, of course, of course. We learned about Midway from boot camp. So good that I'm not alone. Also, it's a major conflict of interest that we have the arms dealers in charge of major parts of the government, DOD, for example. Who is that, for example? Do you mean like Lloyd Austin, Uh, because he worked for Raytheon? Nothing new there, (laughs) nothing new there. Um, All right, let me give you guys a story. Let me give you guys a couple stories, because we have some cool ones, and... We will, uh, maybe we'll talk about the White House actually with some of these stories. So let's do this. Let's jump into a story for today. Gunman who shot into crowd at Air Force deployment party pleads guilty ahead of murder trial. This is an update to an old story. A Wichita man who police say fired into a crowd of partygoers outside an east side apartment complex in 2019, killing a 20 year old airman stationed at McConnell Air Force Base and injuring three others has pled guilty to second degree murder and three counts of attempted second degree murder. So here's what happened. These airmen are out in this apartment complex. They're partying. They're getting ready to go on deployment. Okay. This is pretty common. I partied quite hard before going on deployment. Um, Maybe harder than I should have. And they're out there having a good time when another person, Markeithan Red McLean's uh, and he he's the suspect here, he shows up. He's un you know, not related to this party, and he shows up to this apartment complex in a vehicle with a woman who went to the Horizons East apartments where this thing happened. And a fight broke out at around two AM. The party goers where they're celebrating an upcoming Air Force deployment. Witnesses told police that some members of the crowd surrounded the car, but eventually let it drive away. So it sounds like the Air Force people and this people in this vehicle got into some kind of argument about something, maybe noise, maybe they were acting drunk. I don't know. They surrounded the car at some point. Then the car drives away. Once the car drives away, McLean tells tells the driver to stop, gets out of the car, grabs his 40 caliber Smith and Wesson, and fires away six shots into the crowd. Even though the, the argument was over and people had gone their separate ways, he couldn't just drive away. He decides to stop, get out, and open fire. Chancellor Williams, airman first class, was hit in the neck by one of the bullets. He died from his injuries. McLean claimed he fired warning shots into the air before shooting into the crowd because he got scared after a man yanked him out of the car. He told the driver to leave after the shooting. Apparently, his story does not match up with uh, the actual account of what happened. Authorities arrested McLean after the driver and her other passengers contacted police, so the driver snitched. Depending on his criminal history, he could be ordered to serve as many as 54 years for the murder of Williams. Ah, <sighs> tragic. Tragic story there. But he's going to plead guilty, so I guess he uh, I guess he did it and is admitting that he did it. Um, maybe he was hoping that he would get away with some kind of self-defense, but it just doesn't seem like the story adds up, so he's not going to be uh, walking away from that when he's going to be spending some prison time. So rest in peace to that airman out there. He was about to... He could have been on deployment, could have been out serving his country, but instead goes out, gets drunk, acts rowdy, gets shot and killed, and it's just not worth it. If you've ever been in a bar fight, you know, I'm over that kind of stuff in my age, my period in life that I'm in. But, uh, you know, it's so easy for things to escalate into things that you can't take back. You can't put a bullet back in the chamber. You can't unshoot that gun and... uh, You know, you can't unpunch somebody who falls and hits their head and goes into a coma that they never wake up from. It's just not how it works. So please be careful out there, guys. just not worth it. If you're out there having fun, you know, you're getting ready with your teammates to go out and do some cool stuff in the world, and you want to go burn it down one night, cool, you know, go do it. But have somebody there who's a voice of reason, a sober person, who's, you know, keeping an eye on you guys and not allowing things to get out of hand to the point where uh, they could get violent or, DUI or any of those things. Let's see. Apartment complexes aren't as chill as barracks when it comes to partying. That's very true. These stories hurt, Sam says. Yeah. Well, you know, I've got another one here. I've got another interesting story here. Um, There's... I never, under any circumstances, support anyone who does anything like what we're about to talk about and... Regardless of the reason, regardless of how true it is, it doesn't matter to me anymore once you start hurting other people. So let's talk about it. Veteran who drove to Washington, D.C. to off the Antichrist, Biden, claims he has PTSD from killing a child in Afghanistan, according to the report. This is a heavy one. So a lawyer for the Kansas man have you guys heard about this story? This this one is, is, is wild. It's wild. I won't say insane because uh, that's what the, he's claiming he is. But I won't give it that word because once you go become a violent criminal hurting other people, the reason why starts to matter less and you need to be taken off the streets. A lawyer for the Kansas man who allegedly drove to the nation's capital after threatening to kill President Biden whom he believes was the Antichrist, says his client is a war hero who inadvertently killed an Afghan child in a firefight and is suffering from severe PTSD. Maryland court records obtained by the Daily Beast indicate Scott Ryan Merriman is said to be a decorated paratrooper who served his country for five years beginning in 2005. Last month, he was arrested outside a Maryland Cracker Barrel after telling the FBI he planned to lop off the head of the serpent in the heart of the nation. That's uh, strong language. Merriman was in possession of, a, of ammunition for a 45 caliber gun, but no firearm when he was detained. He claimed to have been following God's instructions. He confirmed the president was his target. So this guy legit was on his way to Washington, D.C. to assassinate the leader of the free world. That was his plan. Luckily, he was apprehended. The Army veteran reportedly spent 15 months in Afghanistan after enlisting in the military when he was 20 years old. His experiences there are said to have included the death of a partner and the shooting of a young person who was standing near a Taliban fighter. So I guess what they're saying is they were in a contact. He shot at what he identified as a Taliban fighter, but unfortunately hit a young person. We call that Civcas who was nearby because rounds can be inaccurate at long range out of a M4. The emotional and physical toll of Scott's time in Afghanistan was extensive. Merriman's court-appointed attorney reportedly told the court in a letter. Merriman's accolades are said to include an Army Commendation Medal that he was awarded after using great skillfulness and sound judgment to save the life of a soldier who had been shot. While enlisted, according to his defense attorney... Merriman was hospitalized in 2008 due to suicidal thoughts. In 2009, he was again treated for psychological issues. He is said to have been taken to an emergency room in 2021 because of depression, alcohol use, and suicidal ideation. That letter also said Merriman's efforts to adjust to civilian life have included prescribed medication and therapy. His wife, Hannah, whom he married in August, so they're newlyweds, reportedly said that her husband said one day in December he was going to hang himself. His Facebook page Around that time, posted report his post reportedly worried those close to him. He's 37 years old. You think Hannah's a mess right now? Wait till she lives out this prophecy being fulfilled through the king of kings and me, he reportedly wrote on Facebook. Dead at 40, going out like a rock star, doing God's work for his kingdom and glory. Get on the train. Choo-choo. It's leaving soon. Someone get me a shot of Thorazine. Unhinged. Unhinged. A Facebook page believed to have been operated by Mary Ann at the time is a rest- included several biblical postings mention of pro-veteran events and statements that allegedly concern law enforcement officials. There will be a miracle happening at the White House, he wrote. He also communicated to a switchboard operator at the White House that he intended to harm the president. So, you know, when I see this, and we've talked about this before, there's the Green Beret who shot up the bowling alley in, was that Wisconsin, Idaho, something like that, Illinois, on Christmas Day, uh, a year and, year and a little bit ago. You know, that's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. And again, they say it's PTSD, which it might be. But the only problem is it doesn't matter because you must, in my opinion, and I'm always, you know, I'm always in line on this. You guys can check me. You must protect the innocent person who's just trying to live their life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. It should not be interfered with. It's sad that somebody's suffering from mental illness caused by tragedy or service in the military. It is horrible. But that innocent person in the bowling alley, the president or any other person needs to be protected from harm. That's the purpose of police, military, first responders. In fact, the government itself. So it is sad. I do have empathy for the situation, but you must side with the innocent victim in these cases you know it's what do you say to their family what do you say to the family of and I, and I know I'm I'm diverging away from this story because obviously he was apprehended for anything happen but what do you say to the family of those people killed at that bowling alley on Christmas hey you know sucks for you but it also you know it also sucks for him he had PTSD I mean what what are you sad about it's just like you You, you, you have, in my opinion, you have to side with the innocent person who was just doing nothing wrong, just minding their own business and protect that person. So horrible, sad, but they were able to get that person off the street, um, before anything else could happen. Let's see what really, holy moly, Nugget says, yes, absolutely. This guy needs help. Iron Lotus says, this story is hard to hear. All I can do is hope. Sam says, wow, crazy cage. Yep. At best, this whole situation is just wag the dog. The uh, the government. So, explanation isn't justification. Yes, that's a great quote, Yeagerbaum. Explanation isn't justification. That's very true. That's very true. Lloyd Austin is black Dick Cheney. Lloyd Austin is, uh, well, I don't know how he compares to Dick Cheney exactly. I'm not probably aware enough to compare him to that, but... I have never been a Lloyd Austin fan because uh, of his performance in Iraq and then um, his performance in Afghanistan, obviously. So, I've we've talked about that many times. So, I came across this story. It was uh, I found it on Yahoo or something like that. I've been finding a lot of stuff on Yahoo's. Kind of gotten my number a little bit. They kind of know how to uh, how to recommend to me now. Military veteran stories. So, this is cool. This is cool. Thankfully. Some veterans came to the rescue. We have a few hometown hero stories today. Wounded deputies saved by armed good Samaritans who were also military veterans who laid down cover fire first. So things got kind of crazy out there in uh, Washington, and luckily some veterans were there to save the day. So what happened, what, what happened was two Whatcom County Sheriff's Office deputies were shot and wounded after they responded to a neighbor dispute call in the area of Whatcom County's Peaceful Valley. Ironically enough, Peaceful Valley. Other neighbor neighbors who are military veterans retrieved their guns and returned cover fire so that the wounded deputies could be dragged to a safer location and have first aid rendered on them until backup arrived. Joel Young, the man accused of shooting two Whatcom County Sheriff's deputies yesterday, makes his first appearance in court here. You can see his photo here. He looks uh, pretty downtrodden. After... Uh, attacking the police in what appears to be alcohol-fueled rage. According to the Bellingham Police Department, the incident unfolded during the afternoon of February 10th. Police said that the shooting suspect, Joel Burke Young, who's 60, became very agitated when a neighbor was burning brush around 3 p.m. I, how many people have died over like lawn maintenance out there? If you have a neighbor, let them have a tree or something. Like It's not worth it. It's it's really not. A branch over a fence, a property line by inches, grass out of a lawnmower that comes over to your side of the lawn, a dog going pee on your front lawn is not worth ending your entire life. It's Or the life of someone else. It's really not. It's really not that hard. Became very agitated when a neighbor was burning brush. Young claimed that the smoke was going into his home via the windows. But did he call the police? The Bellingham Herald reported that young and the neighbor yelled at each other when the neighbor who was burning brush directed an expletive toward young the suspect became further enraged also be a good neighbor don't like don't bring your dog onto the lawn of somebody else don't throw your lawn clippings onto your yard just just be a good neighbor isn't that in the bible according to a report by KGMI young had been drinking and became infuriated to the point that he went inside and grabbed his 12 gauge shotgun Young then went back outside and fired his gun into the air near where his neighbor was burning brush. He then went back inside his home and resumed drinking beer. I mean, I love drinking beer, but you shouldn't mix beer, guns, and your neighbors that you hate. That tends to end bad. Hearing the gunshots, another neighbor, not even the neighbor who was shot or in the vicinity of the brush neighbor, another neighbor called police, and then two deputies arrived on scene. After the deputies arrived at Young's home, he came out screaming, showing his gun. The deputies ordered him to drop his gun, but the suspect allegedly responded by shooting both law enforcement officers. Wow. One deputy hit in the head and went down to the ground. The second deputy went in front of his coworker to shield him and was also wounded. Very heroic. Very heroic. At this point... King 5 News reported that the two Good Samaritans, who happened to be military veterans, got their own guns and then fired shots in the direction of the suspect so that the wounded deputies could be whisked away from the line of fire intended to until backup arrived. One Good Samaritan fired multiple rounds from a handgun at the suspect so that the deputies were protected. King 5 identified the two veterans as Jesse Marshall and Cody Dieter, Dieter, who both lived down the street from the suspect. Marshall told the news station, Marshall's one of the veterans, he stepped out with a gun, being a threat, I'm a veteran. I've been to combat. I know how to handle it. It's not fun. And he came out yelling and cussing and stuff. Dieter said he shot toward the suspect to prevent him from shooting any further at the deputies. When I came around the corner, he was in the doorway and I unloaded just to get him to go away so we can get these guys back. Amazing guy, super personable. I can't imagine being his family right now. Speaking of on one of the deputies, Dieter said, backup arrived, including several agencies, including a SWAT team, Neighbors looked after both injured deputies in the garage of an adjacent home. So the whole neighborhood comes to to the rescue of these deputies. First aid was performed on them. They got transported to different hospitals. According to a report, the injured deputies' names were not being released out of respect for the families. The suspect retreated to his home but surrendered a little after 6 p.m. Young was arrested for two counts of attempted first-degree murder and is being held in the Skagit County Jail, according to the report by the Billingham Herald. Sheriff of the uh, town posted... While we are following protocols and awaiting the results of the Bellingham Police Department's investigation for all details of the attempted murders of our deputies, a few facts have become self-evident and abundantly clear. Despite being seriously wounded and impaired by their injuries, both deputies courageously followed their training, stayed in the fight, and took care of each other. Second, we are extraordinarily blessed that several armed citizens came to the deputies' assistance at the critical moment when they were most vulnerable. I've contacted all three of the Good Samaritans and expressed appreciation on behalf of myself and all members of law enforcement or families. So you have Dieter and Marshall and the one who provided first aid. There will be a formal investi- recognition of these humble citizen heroes once all of the details of their actions can be released. So shout out to Dieter and Marshall, uh, who are who are on the right here. You can see them there on your screen if you're watching on YouTube, for their work in protecting local police from being shot by a crazed drunk person. That's good. That's good. <sighs> Thankfully, they were there. Thankfully, they were there to come to the rescue. What's going on in the chat here? Let's see. Pete Davidson, who said, just because you're struggling with mental illness doesn't excuse you for being a dick. Maybe. that's not, was that is that with Dan Crenshaw? Was that involved with that? What's up, Regal? I like tater tot casserole. Me too. Me too. Nice fire superiority is almost always the answer. Sam says, heck yeah. Let's see. Remember that good Samaritan that stopped a mass shooting and then was gunned down by police? No, I don't. What was that? Mr. Cheney was an uncaged tiger that wanted everyone to see his stripes. Not exactly sure what the metaphor means, but go with it. Sam says, nice. Was this a desk pop gone wrong? Maybe. What's up, yeet? Ed, what's up? Welcome to the chat. Welcome to the chat. So, man, a couple more stories today couple more stories and we'll wrap it up. I'm not going to be able to get to everything I wanted to get to, but that's okay. We'll save some for uh, my Monday, your guys' Sunday, when we'll be back with a very normal scuttlebutt show. But next week, we have some big stuff going on. Lots of big stuff going on, as we were talking about. You need to be subscribed to see it all. So if you're not, please do so. Also, we're about to hit the 7,000 subscriber mark. We're like this close. So please, if you can... Share the scuttlebutt show. Share the videos with some people. Let's get that subscriber up to 7,000. We're still going for 10K. 10K being the goal. So please continue to share videos and all that stuff. I, uh, My thoughts on this next story have changed recently. Let's talk about it. Army three-star general suspended amid toxic climate investigation and allegations of racism, but is it or is it an overcorrection based on the wokeness ideology? Let's see. The general in charge of Army logistics has been suspended from his duties amid an inspector general investigation into allegations that he fostered a toxic command climate in his Pentagon office. Lieutenant General Dwayne Gamble, the Army's Deputy Chief of Staff for All Logistics, will remain suspended pending the final outcome of a Department of the Army Inspector General investigation into allegations of creating or fostering a counterproductive leadership environment, according to Cynthia Smith, a top Army spokeswoman. The investigation, dating all the way back to 2020, has examined whether Gamble, who is white, had made racist statements or favored white subordinates, according to another Army official who spoke Wednesday on the condition of anonymity. Smith declined to provide a specific comment on the nature of the investigation. As the process is ongoing, we cannot comment further at this time. Gamble, 37-year Army veteran, who commissioned into the service as an ordinance officer after graduating from Western Maryland College, never heard of it, According to his official biography, he has served multiple deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan and led other top Army logistics units, including U.S. Army Sustainment Command and the 21st Theater Sustainment Command. He became the Army's Deputy Chief of Staff for Logistics, known as the G-4, should have been the G-6, like a G-6. In September 2019, he was charged with overseeing the Army's logisticians and setting policy for the service's myriad of logistical operations, from sustaining combat to moving soldiers and their families from one installation to another. The general was referred to the Army IG in 2020 for investigation after subordinates reported his behavior had contributed to failing morale, falling morale within his office. The allegations included more than one instance in which Gamble made racially insensitive statements, said the official who did not have direct knowledge of such incidents but had been made aware of them. Among the allegations, he was accused of regularly degrading black officers for their job performance or work ethics, while praising white officers who appeared to others to perform their work similarly. Gamble fostered a racist and toxic working environment as the G4. Army officials with direct knowledge of such incidents told Task and Purpose, which first reported his suspension Wednesday. Among them, the officials said Gamble made inappropriate remarks about a minority staff member shortly after George Floyd's killing. You guys remember George Floyd... In, was that Minneapolis uh, who was killed by police and that has been settled in law as a murder. But then it was a very controversial subject at the time that these allegations are being made. So he, the, the general here, around the time of George Floyd's death, said, I have to keep my foot on his throat all the time. He's always screwing up. And he was referring to a black subordinate service member. So he said that, he's, and he said that to another staff member, who sent another person to take his place. Meeting at a meeting that he could not attend. So there was a meeting. This black service member was supposed to attend. He couldn't make it, so he sent somebody else. To which the general replied, "I always have to keep my foot on his neck." Smart thing to say, of course not. Racist, hard to say. The, it says here, the connotation of foot on the throat in the midst of all the George Floyd stuff, he just did not understand why that was a problem, says a senior army leader who had previously worked for Gamble and had direct knowledge of the comments. So he said this, and it sounds like people were hurt by those words, but then he he refused to you know, understand why they were hurtful. If I say something and somebody tells me that that hurt them, I will not fight that because obviously I, I would believe that they're telling the truth, even if I don't understand. I would at least make an effort to say, well, you know, while I don't agree, I respect your feelings and I do apologize, honestly, because I don't mean to make you feel that way. I would like to have a great relationship with all of my peers and subordinates. So peer supervisors and subordinates. So is that really that hard to do? Maybe that could have avoided this whole situation, but people's stubbornness, especially a general, three-star general, is not going <laughs> to. It's not probably going to bend the knee to uh, to demands of um, political correctness. The investigation into gamble comes as the army has spent recent years working to ensure its force is diverse and all soldiers are treated with respect Army General General James McConville the services chief of staff has spent his entire tenure touting his people first strategy of placing the needs of soldiers and their families as the Army's top priority as the services top general McConville has repeatedly said the army does not tolerate racism extremism or hatred in its ranks now there is a in the navy they say mission first sailor always and i think that that's true it should be mission first mission first soldier always like if it's people like what does people first mean in a job where you're going to ask people to lose their lives you know it's tough um i would say people are your most valuable asset of course people are more valuable than planes and guns and ships, and Humvees. All those mean nothing without trained, capable, dedicated, motivated, honorable people. Those things don't do anything by themselves. Even the unmanned ones require people to maintain, use, uh, control, all that stuff. So you obviously have to view people as your most valuable asset. But is it people first or is it mission first? And is that a bad thing to say? I think I don't think that it is. I think, of course, it's mission. It should. I like the idea of the Navy's mission first, people always. Like you have to accomplish the mission. It's it's tough to come off of reading a book like uh, *By Water Beneath the Walls* and then hear people say people first. You know. Uh, mission second. Back in the day, if you will, World War II, for example, it was definitely people last. The military has kind of had a, well, whatever happens to the people, we wish them the best, we'll support the best we can, but it's definitely mission first. It's definitely winning World War II first and foremost, for sure. So I have also, before I close out this story, witnessed an insane amount of sensitivity to accusations and I'm all for investigate investigations and coming to the right conclusion and justice for people who've been wronged and all of that but there's an undeniable overcorrection Jonathan Pentland's a great example of the army throwing its people under the bus did he make an insensitive comment I think you could say that that's true is it overtly clearly a racist thing to say If that's the only piece of evidence that they're supplying for this investigation, I don't think that it is. It's hard. It's really hard to say without any other information. That's why it's good that they're doing an investigation. But there's been a major overcorrection that as soon as somebody makes an accusation, and accusations are also higher than they've been in the past. There's so many of these uh, uh, people coming forward to say that they've been wronged and harassed and all that stuff. Good, if it's true, good. But many times, the the outcomes decided before the investigation can even begin, which is people lose their jobs, people lose their reputations, people lose their careers, they can lose their families, and I'm not for that. I'm for truth-seeking. And so hopefully, we find out the outcome of this IG investigation in an in updated story, and we can make a better decision what the right thing is to think about it. And that's all. That's all. That easy. (sighs) One more thing today. One more thing. Let's see. What's going on in the chat? Someone kicked for command climate. That's new. Things must have been terrible. Mm -hmm. Oh God, that was a terrible comment, Sam says. Racist people are cowards, don't you think, Ed says. I think truly racist people, people who are real racists, people who really hate other people because of the color of their skin, who think that they are less, think that other people are less than them because they're a different race, are pretty miserable people. Those people are not doing well. You know? I think you can look at it, this is how I look at it, people who believe that to be true are not happy, they're not crushing it, they're miserable. They're, they're jacked up. Their lives are jacked up. So if you have to face someone who is a true racist, if you've been up against that in your life, and I'm sorry if you have, remember this, this thing that I always say, this saying that I came up with that has transformed my outlook on life, which is you, 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 you you can look at them right in the face and say this, You wake up tomorrow and you have to be you. I wake up tomorrow and I get to be me. Right? Don't let someone put their negativity on you. Don't let somebody ruin your day, ruin your mindset, ruin your attitude out of their own hate, self hatred, self loathing, miserable life, wanting to bring everyone down to their level. Don't let it happen. Be above it. Be above it. If possible, if you can be above it and you will be happier. It's true. <sighs> it's a balance for sure. Sam says, you are nothing without your people. You can't accomplish the mission without them. Yep. And, and if they won't work for you, and if they won't work for you, that is true. Also, Regal says, John Hurley shot a mass shooter and was then killed by police backup. Cops faced no consequences stating he was justified. Oh, I'll have to look that up. If you have a weapon on you, even though it's legal, the cops have a license to murder you. True. Happens in war, too. Happens in war, as well. It is very sad. It's a very horrible situation. Whenever something bad like that's happening, it's a horrible situation for everyone. And uh, it would be better if people were just better. And, but they're not. And so we have to live with these horrible things that happen or figure out a way to prevent that from happening. I don't know. One more thing, guys, and I'll be out here for today preparing for next week's big week of shows. And it's a hometown hero story from my hometown, Okinawa. Okinawa-based airman helps Japanese vegetable farmer escape burning truck. Imagine this, you're driving down the freeway at 80 kilometers an hour, and next to you is a vegetable truck. The back of it's on fire. The driver has no idea. What are you going to do? That's what this guy, Air Force Staff Sergeant Garrett Bodie, came across while he was driving up the highway. An Air Force Staff Sergeant on a grocery run with his wife, helped a Japanese farmer escape a burning truck last month, an act that earned the airman his unit's recognition. Oh, it was all worth it, right, for unit recognition. Staff Sergeant Garrett Bodie, 32, and Ashley Bodie were walking to a neighborhood store in Yomatan Village right up the street north of me at 11.30 a.m. when a Japanese mini truck drove past trailing smoke and flames, Garrett Bodie told Stars and Stripes. Bodie gave chase and caught up on foot to the idling vehicle. Uh, Wait, was it... Mm. Yeah, they were walking, gave gave chase on foot, caught up to the idling vehicle at a red light, flames and black smoke billing, billowing from its undercarriage, he said. Standing in front of the truck, Bodhi waved his arms and in his limited Japanese, tried to explain to the driver that it was on fire. He was probably saying, fire, fire. Stop by the foreigner, the driver, Seki Higa. he was 85 years old. By the way, you guys know Okinawa is a blue zone, Uh, one of the seven... High, highest numbers of centennials or people that live to be over 100 in the world. So there's a lot of old people here. He So he's 85 of Yomatan. He exits the burning vehicle, and he sees only now that it's on fire. He says, I was surprised when the American man came to me saying something. Everything happened so quickly when I realized he was already gone, and I couldn't even say thank you. So he was able to get out and... Get away from the vehicle. You're driving around with a car on fire, I think could explode, you could be trapped in a fire, it could go it could break down and, you know, by then it's too late, you're just trapped in flames. Bodie says this says Bodie was so kind. He even bought a bottle of water from the convenience store and gave it to the one who was extinguishing the fire. They coordinated really well. It was an impressive teamwork. So somebody came out with a fire extinguisher to help put it out from a convenience store, probably a Family Mart or a Lawson's out here, which have great food, totally awesome. On the next workday, Bodie, who serves as a support non-commissioned officer in charge with the 733rd Air Mobility Squadron at Kadena, was recognized at a staff meeting. Later in the week, he received a challenge coin from Chief Mass Sergeant Ronnie Woods, the 18th Wing Command Chief. My advice is to trust your instincts, Bodie said Friday, and try to do the absolute best thing in the moment and treat people the way you want to be treated. Don't pass a problem without attempting to fix it. Yeah, don't pass a car on fire without trying to... Save the person inside. That would be good. That would be really nice. That's a good hometown hero story. End it with something positive. We're going to wrap it up there for the week. That's it. I'm back from vacation. Stay tuned if you're a member or a patron for some videos of snowboarding up in Niseko in Hokkaido Prefecture, Japan. Beautiful, good food, good mountains, fresh pow-pow every day for us to rip the gnar. It was totally radical. Justin says 80 kilometers, my drone goes faster than that, that's cruising speed, then you would hate driving in Okinawa, where the fastest I ever go is 60 KMs, usually. 60 KMs, which is probably 38 miles an hour. Oh, it's brutal. The driving here is brutal. If you've read Jacob Donenworth's book, um, Officer and, and a Man, then you will know about driving in Okinawa. So go check that out and go check out Buy Water Beneath the Walls by Ben Milligan, who will be joining us on the Scuttlebutt Show in March. Looks like it's going to be. It's going to be amazing. Best book ever. Thank you, MC, for picking up a copy. That's going to wrap it up for me for today and for the rest of the week. Stay tuned for new episodes of the Scuttlebutt Show next week. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure notifications are on. Share the video. Let's hit 7,000 subscribers over the weekend. And make sure you go to scuttlebuttshow.com where you can grab all the cool merch like the Train to Train sweater that I'm wearing right here, the Moons Out Goons Out shirt that I have on underneath this, and all the other cool merch that we have available out there. I see Harry Lime Pie just dropping a $10 super chat. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Harry. It is great to see you. Welcome home, Max. And it is great to be back with you guys. Thank you, Harry. That means so much. You're an absolute rock star. I really appreciate that. Um, Harry Line Pie, for your tremendous continued support, it really means the world to me. Make sure you guys are checking out all the channels TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff for all the news with the Scuttlebutt Show. I'll see you on Discord, maybe where I usually check in once every day or two, but you guys are handling that well. I love seeing the conversation on Discord that you guys are having. Harry Line Pie, thank you again. Wow. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. With all that being said, I look forward to talking with you all very soon. And until next time, that's the scuttlebutt.